In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Do you remember the Love Boat Fantasy Island crossover? I remember that there was one. You don't remember it though? No. I don't remember the detail. I just remember it. It just, it, it just freaked me out because you know, Love Boat was light and frothy in a comedy, and Fantasy Island sometimes would get a little dark. So it was just a weird. Usually, it's like one of the three stories would Lynn, always go. Were we talking about this? I was just talking about that. How <laughs> Fantasy Island would fuck you up. It would. It's like Don nuts. <laughs> Has his hands up on the, the banister. What's he gonna do? Right, right, right. Scott Bayo finds love mm-hmm. with Julie. Right. But then Ray Maland. Right, Ray Maland <laughs> has sold his soul to the <laughs> devil. Exactly. Because it always be somebody who's in serious right. movies for right. the 40s. Can Mr. Rourke... <laughs> Convince Satan <laughs> to give him his soul back before he burns in the pits of hell. Didn't Mr. Ward actually talk to Satan in one of them? No, no. I told him. No, 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 no. He asked, you said one. I feel like he talked to him a couple of times. <laughs> but the, the wild stuff was they acted like they knew each other. I yeah, think they both. Satan would be like, ah, uh, Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan? <laughs> is that Mr. Rourke's first name? Because we never learned Mr. Rourke's first name, right? Jonathan, I haven't trusted you since we were fraternity brothers in college. It's like, why was he fraternity brothers with Satan? No, but it was... How old is Mr. Rourke? It wouldn't be fraternity brother with college. I haven't trusted you since Barabbas. Right, 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 Deal with Mr. Rourke. Yes. Does tattoo belong to him? <laughs> Wait a minute. We're on air right now, right? <laughs> okay. Welcome to the <laughs> Two Men One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by my partner. Yo, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Trouble. 
And on this stop of the mission, as we are in the second week of May, mm-hmm. or as we affectionately call it, Mother May I Have Another One of Those Bad Black Movies, it is Lynn's turn as he will lead us in a discussion of 1996's sci-fi action thriller, Solo, starring Mario Van Peebles. Mm -hmm. But before we get into that, how are you, Lynn? I'm doing great, Vincent. Good to hear. I'm also well. I see Farrell Blackwell, Deborah Battle, wondering what kind of Fantasy Island conversation you've walked in on. Oh, it was glorious. <laughs> As a fantasy island conversation, it was. It actually reminded me <clears throat> that I told you that I went to the NFL draft. Yes, uh, yes. So, like it was me, me and two guys, and we drove it was seventeen hours to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So my job, well, part of it was keeping the one of the, the driver awake. Okay, and I don't know why, but it, it um, I l- had this fascination. With I saw this big like a uh, trailer mm. pass us on the road, and it got me thinking of remember Superbus, the TV. The, the, it was a pilot TV movie uh, about a huge nuclear powered bus that went cross country from California to I think the East Coast. Was was this post apocalyptic? No, it's not. No, it's not post-apocalyptic. It's it's basically trying to be like the love boat, but on a bus. I do remember that, and I don't know. That's a good pull. I don't know what. Usually, I remember stuff like this. I I don't do. I don't know what. That's a good pull. Made me think about it, and I spent a good half an hour talking to my nephew, who's never heard of. Of course not extolling to him the virtues of Superbus. Yeah. How I, like, you know, I think when it came out, I must have been like maybe 10 or 11 years Absolutely. old. Absolutely. To me, yeah. it was like, why is there not more of this? Why aren't there more? I want to be on this two-story bus. This, these huge buses. With this with this nuclear-powered rocket yeah. in the back. Of- right, which makes you go fast. There's oh a nuclear-powered... Now you said it was a pilot, or what, did it go? It was actually series? a TV movie. It's a TV movie. that they wanted to go it was to series, or pilot, but they re- and you know this was back in the days of practical effects. Absolutely. So they made the bus. Or <laughs> they made something, but they realized that with making that bus, well, then we're going to have to put the bus on the road a little bit. Right, it was right, right. Too Do some expensive. Shot. Too expensive to put the bus on right. the road. I think the other issue was that it's one of the stupidest ideas. It's ever. one of the dumbest ideas yeah. ever for a TV yeah. show. But it was, it was. But but Farrell Blackwell's pointing out that Superbus sounds like the predecessor to Snowpiercer. Oh, Deborah Battle was saying it was super train. No, it's not super train. It is a bus. Now, it's I may not be bus. right, and it may not be super bus, but it is definitively a, a bus. bus. Not a train. Not a train. It is a Because the train's not really that much of a Because I looked it up. I looked, I looked up. up the picture to show my Look nephew. Up. And it was just... It was all colored, and, and it, it's... Uh, I wonder. Is it the big bus? The big bus. That's it. The, the big bus. Now this says it is a comedy. Yes, it was a film. It was a, it was a TV film. I don't think it was an actual. Fi- I don't think it was a. Uh, like, no, no, no. This is a film film. So maybe that's not what you're thinking about. No, it's the big bus. Let me see it. Let me see it. 
That's it. That's the big bucks. Well, then that wasn't on TV. That was this was. Then maybe I saw it on TV. Maybe you saw it on TV. Which that was in the movies. Yeah. Did I see it in the movies? I could have. Because I really could have. Did you read by Paramount? Came out in '76. I could have seen that in the movie. That was nine years old. I could have seen it in the movie. Yeah. Okay. But my sister, my older sister, probably took me to see that. Yeah. I probably did see it in the movie. It follows the maiden voyage, a maiden cross country trip of an enormous nuclear powered bus. Name Cyclops. Yes. 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 I so wanted to ride a Cyclops. You always, you, what, you're right. Dead sound. Dead Cyclops. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So you were, so you were telling your nephew about, about Superbus. That's it. And he was just shaking his, he was just shaking his head. Just, it's a shame when old people began to <laughs> start. So that's it. Like you don't know, but your nephews had sidebars with your sisters. Oh yeah, well that's true. They have concerns about Uncle Lynn. Were you at my house this week? So anything else? We got misses from the missionaries. Any any this is any thats any. Oh, you know what? I actually don't believe that we have any. All right, emails. all right. We don't have any emails. So. um Cause we got solo waiting for us. We got solo waiting for us. 1996 Mario Van Peebles is oiled up. He oiled up. Okay, save it. Okay, save it. Let's get into the top five, ladies and gentlemen. Top five. Who's your top five? Top five, where I come up with a list, and Vincent gives me his thoughts on it. Usually, the list is tied into the movie that we're reviewing. Yes, we keep it thematic. We try to. We try to keep it thematic. And we are this week. We're keeping it thematic. Yes, we are right. Because we last week reviewed Expect No Mercy. Yes. With Billy Blanks. Billy Blanks. Which, shout out. And forgive me, I forgot what missionary posted it, but was someone posted on on our Facebook group a, a picture of Billy Blanks Jr.'s dance party. Yes, with um, Sharon Brown. Yeah. So, man, we did that last week. Yes, we did. This week we are going to solo, solo with Mary of M. Peoples. Mary of M. Peoples. Now this is two back to back hardcore. Black action movies. Yes. From the night. Yes, they are. So today I present to you the top five mm-hmm. least black action heroes. Least black action heroes. Of the 90s. Of the night of the 90s. It's these, five of them from the are, 90s. These are 90s black action films where the action star is not uh, not the most action ready. It's it's this is not ready for all right. time. Who we got? Starting with number five, as one does. I mean, this is a little little controversial. This one. All right, here we go. From nineteen ninety six, mm-hmm. it's the buddy cop action film, mm-hmm. The Glimmer Man, mm. which starred Steven Seagal mm-hmm. alongside. Mm-hmm. Keenan Ivory Wayans. Yes. Yes. Keenan Ivory Wayans getting his tough guy role. Absolutely. We will be bringing him up later this evening, I I, I think. 
Uh, Seagal plays Lieutenant Jack Cole, mm-hmm. a former government intelligence agent known as the Glimmer Man. Yes, yes. Who now works as a detective in the Los Angeles Police Department where Keenan uh, Ivory Wayans plays his partner. Let's get, what's his name? Let's hear it. Jim Campbell. Jim Campbell. Campbell. Jim Campbell. Yeah. Okay. You. Win. I think they got the names mixed. You win this round, <laughs> '90s white screenwriter. <laughs> now, to be fair, this movie, when it debuted mm-hmm. in 1990, in October of 1996, it debuted at number two at the box office, behind the First Wives Club. Okay. However, it was overall a box office flop because it only. Gross twenty million dollars off of a forty-five million dollar um, budget. Okay, it received negative reviews. Um, Lawrence Van Gelder of the New York Times wrote that it was short on suspense, routine in its action, monotonous in its performances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It opened yesterday without benefit of press screenings. Usually, aside to dis- distributors have detected. Cinematic rigor mortis. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. I did not know Keenan Ivory Wayans was in it. You didn't? Have you? Have you I've never it? seen The Glimmer Man. I knew what it was. I knew it was Sagasagal. Yeah. And at, as I'm on record as saying, it, Steven Seagal, I, I, I never for one moment signed up for Steven Seagal. You never saw, like, saw any Steven Seagal? Not on purpose. Not even an executive decision. Not not on purpose. The one where he's uh, right, right, and Harrison Ford get off my plane. No, no, no. It's not Harrison Ford. Executive decision is the one where um, he's the president. I, I don't care. I, I, I don't can't care. remember. He's yeah, yeah. I don't care. But it's basically it's it's Steven Seagal and Kurt Russell. Right, right. I Steven Seagal like dies. Right, yeah. Fifteen minutes of the movie. Yeah, no. Okay. Well, all right, but all right. I'll take your word for it. Okay. All right. That's number five. All right. Number four. Number four. This is a movie that we have reviewed here on the Michelle Mission. Okay. And that would be? This is from 1997. Uh-huh. The superhero film, mm-hmm. Steel. Steel. Which stars Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> John Henry Irons, also, a.k.a. Steel. Yes. Uh, loosely based on a DC Comics character of the same name, very loosely. And the film written and directed by Kenneth Johnson mm-hmm. um, that made, oh boy, on a budget of $16 million. You said 16 or 60? 16. 16 million, it made how much? It made $1.7 million. Yeah, Steel is terrible. It's a terrible movie. Steel is terrible. Although it does have the conceit that seven foot two tall, 300 pound Shaquille O'Neal had a secret identity. <laughs> Mild mannered John and Henry Irons. There seems to be some danger. I'm going to go get help. And then a mysterious seven foot tall, 300 pound masked man appears who could it be if only he didn't have on steel (laughs) then i might know who this walking tank is who this walking tank is also early ray j that's very true which i think one should keep track of 
You should always know where Ray J is. You know what? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we should put a tracker you, on Ray. You J. should always know where Raymond Jonathan Norwood is. Your G, every phone <laughs> GPS should show where you are <laughs> in relationship <laughs> to Ray to Ray J. It could actually be. A, a, a term of metric. I'm non Ray J's away. I'll be there in five minutes. And you know how you see the little dot? It's just it's, it's just Ray J's. It's just Ray J's. It's true. It's true. Okay. All right. Number three. Number three. Moving right along. Yeah. This is another um Buddy Cop film, this one from 1999. Okay. Um, <laughs> chill Factor. I have, what is, who's this? Uh, chill Factor. The film centers on two unwitting civilians. Okay. Who are forced to protect a deadly chemical weapon from hands of a group of mercenaries planning to sell the weapon to the highest bidder. Okay. The two unwitting civilians are portrayed by Cuba Gooding Jr. and Skeet Ulrich. Oh, jeez. And a film that, according to Rotten Tomato, fails on every level. That's, that's pretty bad. Yeah. You boy. I guess Cuba Gooding thought he could be like a... You know what? Cuba Gooding Jr. has the most bizarre career. He does, doesn't he? I mean, no, like, he makes some... Really... I don't know if he has an agent or he just has like a puppy that goes and like pulls note cards out of a box. And then Cuba Gooding, he says, well, I guess this is the next movie I'm going to make. I'm gonna make. Maybe he puts his puppy like on a Ouija board. And right. Right. Oh, well, I guess I'm making radio. That's what the dog said. Well, what was the movie where he was a diver? That was um, the movie with Robert De Niro. Right. I can't remember that movie. Right, right. But, but see, but, well, first of all, that movie, Robert De Niro paid for his third villa. Right, but you, you, if, if you got an opportunity, you say, like, there's a movie Robert De Niro signed up for it. Right. I'm not going to knock you so bad for you signed on for it. Yeah, but it's... It's, it's not like it was bullwinkle. It's sort of like the Groucho Marx thing. Like, any club that would have me as a member, I don't want to be a part of. Like, Cuba, any movie that Robert De Niro is in that he's going to let you in, it's probably not a good movie. Okay, but to your point, Robert De Niro... Was well, probably just paying off his villa and, his, and didn't care his, who. His third villa. <laughs> he, he didn't care who right. it was. Like, right. Oh, me and Todd Bridges? <laughs> Works. Okay. Yeah, I've never even heard of this movie. I have heard of it. Okay. Um, and we'll get to it. Okay. Somewhere along the line. All right. On the mission. All right. Number two. Number two. We return. To the filmography of one Keenan Ivory Wayans. Yeah. Yeah. In 1997, he does an action thriller Mm -hmm. called Most Wanted. Yeah. 
You know of this movie. I do. I do. I've never, I've I, never heard of I, this I do, did. again, at the risk of, of leaning into our review, I feel like Keenan Ivory Wayans and Mario Van Peebles had the same problem in the 90s. And it was a great problem. Like, if you're going to have a problem, this is a great problem. Mm-hmm. He was a tall, good-looking guy. Mm-hmm. And everyone kept thinking, this seems to be someone who should be in front of the camera. Right. Like, you look like you should be in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. And then they would put him in front of the camera, and he just was not good at it. No. No. So, yeah, I'm low-key fascinated by Keenan Ivory Wayans action star. Well, this, too, will be coming up on the mission sometime. Yeah, Absolutely. In a may near you. Yes, gentlemen. Uh, number one, however. Number one. Because this one I didn't know about. Okay. And I have to see this. Okay, all this right. This may be coming up this summer. Let, let's hear it. What is it? From 1991. 1991. American science fiction action film. All right. Eve of Destruction. Eve of Destruction. Have you ever heard of this film? I don't think so, but that's one of those innocuous 90s names that could have been about anything. The film is about a, about a nuclear-armed prototype android named Eve. Okay. Gone amok while being tested by the military in a big city. Okay. Eve is played by Dutch actress Renee Soutjig. Okay, of course. In her first United States film, in the dual roles of the robot's creator, Dr. Eve Simmons, and the robot Eve herself. All right, get two checks. Of course. The film stars in the role of Colonel Jim McQuaid, who was tasked with eliminating this unstoppable machine. Okay. Gregory Hines. Gregory Hines. Interesting. Cat man himself. I mean, everything man. Interesting. Interesting, right? Now, you got to think, I believe this is 1991. So that puts this just after. What's the movie he did with Billy Crystal? Midnight, not Midnight Run. Um, Running Scared. Running Scared. So that puts this right after Running Scared, which is a which is a good movie, but it makes sense that if he's doing this after that, that somebody thinks, okay, maybe we can plug him into like an action right, thing. Cause action. that's kind of like an action yeah. comedy. Yeah. Right. Um, this movie received uh, negative reviews from critics, a 20% rotten score, on rotten tomatoes. And the New York times calls it an un- undistinguished, barely functional. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> action melodrama which on a budget of 5.5 oh a budget of 13 million dollars grossed 5 million dollars making it a decidedly a box office bomb okay but you've talked of all these movies that's the one that fascinates me look man gregory hines gregory hines gets me in my seat Mm-hmm. Like, like Gregory Hines is a deal maker. They are deal breakers, like Steven Seagal, for me. But Gregory Hines is a deal maker, especially since 
you know, unfortunately he's passed. Yeah. So we yeah. don't have, like what we have is what we have. Right. Gregory Hahn. Your brother Damon. Yes. In the chat points out that Philly rapper Eve. Yes. Was actually originally the Eve of Destruction. Mm. I think it, uh, I think it's that in the liner notes of the Roots album. Um, there you go. Well, that's the even instructor that I, that I adhere to. Right, 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 right. Certainly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the top five. I mean, and trust me, there's a, more than a few other movies oh, that I could have. Yeah, absolutely. Could have pulled. I could have pulled anything with Dennis Rodman in it. What was the, the double team? The movie with him and um, John Claude Van Damme. That's right. But boy, the, the 80s and 90s were but that was a hit, so I couldn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I couldn't pull it, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting little list there. It's an well, well, we'll talk about it. it's it's an interesting period. It is. All right, all right. Let's get into the game of kings, ladies game and gentlemen. Kings. The game of action star with, with real action star. Yes. That's the key. Six Degrees of Duraville Martin, ladies and gentlemen, where I give Vincent an actor and he tries to connect them in six movies or less to that 70s one man big bus himself. That's right. Duraville Martin. One man army. Keeping in tune with the theme of the show, mm-hmm. I have two huge 90s action stars for you 90s action stars to get to Durville Martin yes all right so six movies or less six movies or less get from Durville Martin Durville Martin two two we just spoke of him who Jean-Claude Van Damme Jean-Claude Van Damme two Durville Martin Durville Martin okay well this is how we're going to do that Durville Martin Is in. I know the I know the the direction I want to go. I'm just trying to figure out how to get to it. Um, Durville Martin is in. Durville Martin. Okay. Derville Martin is in um Hell Up in Harlem mm-hmm. with Fred Williamson, who is in Three the Hard Way with um Jim Kelly, who's in Enter the Dragon mm. with Bolo. Who's in, and you'll forgive me because all of these run together. It's either Blood Sport or Kickboxer. I think Willow's in Blood Sport. I, I, I think you're right. Who's in Blood Sport with Jean Claude Defonda? There you go. All right. All right, Vincent. Very good. Very good. Um, let me just look up Blood Sport just before somebody yeah. else looks up Blood mm-hmm. Sport. Um, oh, I got to look it up over here because of. Wi-Fi connectivity, mm-hmm. blood sport. Now you know John Claude Van Damme. 
He's someone I never really signed on to. I like Jean-Claude. I've maybe seen two Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them was Time Cop. Didn't he do Time Cop? Time Cop. Time Cop. A surprisingly solid film. Yes, I enjoyed it. Yeah, Time Cop is, is not bad. Bolo's not. He, Bolo is not in Bloodsport. What's he in? Let's see. You know what? Let me just look up Bolo. 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 Was that him? How old do you think Bolo is? Oh, my goodness. Bolo's got to be in his 70s at this point. Yeah, 76. Yeah. 76 years old. Jeez. Um, Bolo was in... Oh, he is in Bloodsport. They didn't have him listed when I looked. Yeah. where I looked, he is in Bloodsport. I thought he was in Bloodsport. I thought it was. I thought he was too. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. All right, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Next. Next. Very good, Vincent. All right. The six movies of last get from Derville Martin. Derville two. Martin. Two. Mel Gibson. Oh, Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You definitely get to Mel Gibson because um, Derville Martin. Dervo Martin is in the final come down with Billy D. Williams, who is of course in Bingo Long and his traveling all stars with Richard Pryor, who is in Which Way is Up with Margaret Avery, who of course is in The Color Purple with Danny Glover, who co-starred in my favorite series of Mel Gibson films, take your pick, Lethal Weapons 1 through 4. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. I'm proud of you. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. I'm proud of you. Um, you could have gotten to Mel Gibson a little easier. And you could have gotten to John claude Van Damme a little easier. How so? If you just use the Expendables movies. I've never seen the Expendables movie. You've never seen one of the Expendables I've never movies? Seen I mean, you're missing nothing. I've never seen But, <laughs> like, I appreciate the hook. And I appreciate, you know, but, yeah, I've, I've never seen the Expendables movie. There's only one reason to see any Expendables. First of all, you could connect it to him because Wesley Snipes is in all three. Sure. And I think John claude Van Damme, I think, is in two. Mel Gibson is in three. I did not know Wesley Snipes was in all of them. Yeah, that is interesting. He's in, I'm pretty sure he's in. No, he's not in the first one. He's okay. in the second. He's in the the, the two and three. Okay. Um. But uh, yeah. You it, it, the only reason the the only one worth watching mm-hmm. is two, and Wesley tonight is having fun in there. Sure, of course. But the person who was having a ball mm-hmm. in those movies and is worth watching. Is um, Antonio Banderas. Nice. Antonio Banderas is having such a good time. He is so much fun in Expendables 2. I don't know if he's in Expendables 3 because I watched Expendables 2 was the, enough for me. You were finished. I was finished. But um, he is having so much fun in that movie. Okay. Like every time he shows up on screen, he's just having a ball. Right, right. And I think if I remember, he like he has some scenes with Wesley Snipes too, and the two of them the are like vi- vibing yeah. off. It's it's a, a absolute delight. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, well done, Vincent. All right. Okay. Keep the action.
All right. Well, <laughs> we've stalled long enough. <laughs> it is now time for us to review Solo. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. Buddy, it's time to pick a face. Like Mike. You got good taste. We have two billion dollars tied up in this program. Solo's the perfect soldier. No one will cry when Solo is gone. We'll simply build another one. He's proficient in all types of combat. <laughs> Polymer structure makes him virtually immune to small arms fire. He's equipped with motion sensors and night vision. He's about 15 times stronger, 10 times faster than any man. It's not just a weapon, he can make decisions. You disobeyed a direct order and you blew this damn mission. They were unarmed and non-aggressive, therefore the directive was overridden. Killing innocent people makes Solo feel bad. He isn't supposed to feel anything, he's a weapon. It's a glitch. Take him back to Palmdale, reprogram him there. Someone is opening the heel hatch. It's Solo. I want him to disappear without a trace. There he is! Three o'clock! Let's smoke him. Got him, sir! Time for recall. What the hell is that? We've got a serious situation on our hands. Destroy all records. I want this thing over with now. You're the only two of our kind, Solo. Your design is flawed. I am wrong for the next generation. Solo, a 1996 sci-fi action adventure. Android military weapon Solo, played by Mario Van Peebles, is designed to put down Latin American rebels. But when Solo arrives, the machine feels compassion. And despite his design, he begins fighting for the people he's supposed to kill. Starring 90s film stalwarts William Sadler mm -hmm. and Barry, Barry Corbin. Corbin. Yeah. A very young Adrian Brody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably doesn't talk about this anymore. No. No, no, no. And in the starring role, Mario Van Peebles as Solo. Solo, based on the novel Weapon by Richard Robert Mason and a screenplay by David Corley, directed by Norberto Barba. Solo was the choice of Lynn Webb here, our second week of May, or as we call it, may I have another one of those bad black movies. Mm -hmm. Lynn. Solo. Yeah, Solo. Um, despite the title, couldn't do it all by itself. Okay. No. 
Solo had to take little pieces of a whole lot of other stuff. Yes, yes. You opened it up the show saying now this was basically what if the Terminator mm -hmm. and Rambo mm -hmm. had a baby. Mm -hmm. Thus, you would have Mario Van Peoples solo. Yes. I contend that it was indeed an orgy that was going on. Okay, all right. Because not only was the Terminator getting it on with Rambo. Yes. He he found time to have uh, a tete-a-tete -tete with the Magnificent Seven okay. in here. Um, he, you know, dipped into the bathroom with Predator. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, 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 he touched every trope you can find in an action movie. Like, he he even had some time to um uh make a deliverance. Yeah, yeah. Like there's there's a touch of every other good film that is has a setting that even resembles something that's going on in this movie. Yeah. They gripped from it. Yeah. Into the into this film, right? But definitely the the whole Terminator vibes is is what comes off. Mario Van Peoples as this this android solo who is now um, dealing with conflicts and his, and his feelings. Sure, you know, you know, perhaps wanting to be a man. Yeah, you yeah. know, you you the movie shows you how he learns how to tell a joke. Or at least learned what a joke is. Yes, yes, yes. Um, from his creator, which is the um, you just said his name, played by Adrian Brody. A Adrian Brody, uh, Adrian Brody, young Adrian Brody. Um, it's like this movie wants so badly to be something else. It wants to be great. Yes. The proof that this movie wants to be great mm -hmm. is that in the creation of Solo, mm -hmm. Adrian Brody asked his his unfaced android, you know, it's time to pick a face for you. Mm -hmm. Who do you want to be? Yes. And the android, after having a couple of generic white faces presented to it, sees on the television a commercial mm -hmm. that was ubiquitous in the 90s. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. And it was a commercial that we all know. Right. Because this commercial was Be Like Mike. Be Like Mike. Featuring Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan? Prominently displayed in this, in this movie. Is. Yeah. I'm willing to bet he does not know that he is prominently displayed in this movie. That is a bet I'd take because you don't use Michael Jordan's face without Michael Jordan's permission. You know what? I bet in 1996 they got away with it. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, just guessing. But seeing that commercial, the android says, "I want to be like Mike. I want to be like Mike." And thus, Adrian Brody creates a face for him, right? That unfortunately does not look like Mike, right? It looks like Mario Van Peoples, right? And in looking like Mario Van Peoples, not only has Adrian Brody's character 
fail to create this android in the visage of one Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. He also failed to give this android any of the charisma. Yes. Any of the presence. Yes. Any of the skill or talent of Michael Jordan. Right, right. Which is not surprising because none of those accolades have ever, no, ever been displayed in front of the camera by one Mario Van Peebles. It's it's true. Let the record speak for itself. When you can count in your filmography that your portrayal of John Hood in rapping mm -hmm. is higher up on the acting scale than your work in solo, it's time for you to call it a career, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mario Van People is called on to be an android, a, a, a stiff android, but that one that is is having con conflicting feelings with its circuitry. Sure, sure, develops a conscience. De we think he de develops a conscience. To me, it looks like he just developed a limp mm. because he just is limping all over, all broke up all over the place as he's dealing with his, his power pack running, running down. His face never changes no, the entire not. movie. He does not give off any type of charisma. His line readings, while I know they're supposed to be flat, they are they are flat line. There's nothing that even and even when he is supposed to evoke a little bit of emotion, he doesn't. He it he just does not have any weight upon which to put a film on top of, mm -hmm. right? When you think about the best of Mario Van People, it is always in an ensemble. And even then in the ensembles, and I'm thinking about New Jack City, of I'm course. thinking about Posse. Yeah. Even in those ensembles, he is always the least interesting person. That is that is one hundred on yes. on the screen. Yes. You give him a defense a, a little bit in perhaps Posse and uh New Jack City because he's directing yeah. those films. So maybe his 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 attention is split. But here he's got no excuse. Mm -hmm. You know, it, all you've got to do is just be the big action guy. Yeah. Right? You talk about he's he's a he's a big, good looking, good looking dude. Marilyn Peoples is a very good looking guy. And he has the physique yeah. to pull it off. It, there's no shame in him having his shirt off. But he just does, does not carry anything in this movie. He, he just can't get it across the finish line. And you're talking about Adrian Brody, who is a, a, a actor who has grown into prominence, but here he's young. Mm -hmm. He's still feeling his, his, his feeling his way around. Character, trusted character actors in William Sadler and Bill, Barry Corbin. That's absolutely. And they are giving you exactly what you expect from them. Absolutely. William Sadler is, he's got his menace on. Barry Corbin's got his government lackey on. Oh, yeah. Like he's giving it, they're giving it. Mm -hmm. Right. But and, and everybody else in the film is um, basically, you know, bargain store right. uh, Latino it's this Latin. Hispanic acting troupe. Right. That worked all through the 80s and 90s. They, they went from movie to the villagers, a, the, the villagers and the the uh, desperados. Yes. Right, 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 right. Um, so you've got you've got them. 
So that means that everything else is supposed to hang up, hang on Marivan peoples or, or the action and the special effects. Yes. The special effects in this 1996 movie look like they're from 1976. Yeah. It literally looks like Pong on the screen. The action, Mary, Mary Van Peebles, who does most of the action as this android, is slower than a slug. Yeah. Cannot throw a punch. Yeah. Cannot throw a kick. Cannot even run convincingly. No. He is horrible. And this is in the days before there was really like hardcore uh, choreography yeah. in 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 these type of films, but there was still was you throw a punch, you shoot a gun. Look, this is after Judgment Day. You're right. So there's no excuse. This is you're yeah, absolutely there is right. No excuse. I forgot that this this is after Judgment Day. This is after Judgment yeah. Day, isn't it? Yeah. Then there's no excuse. No, no. It it and it's. I would say it's a shame, but I don't know how you could anyone would have gone into this movie expecting any less it, it is just a it, it is a fail in every single way i i overall i 100 agree with you i will now say the couple of things that made me go huh, okay i actually think the michael jordan bit is a solid plot detail really like in the like 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 the, like like why Am I building this android soldier? Why would I give him a black face? Because it seems like the default face, frankly, would be a white man. Okay. And I thought this was a solid reason. You know, he he sees the Michael Jordan commercial, which, as you said, in the 90s, is completely realistic. Mm -hmm. And I wanted, I'm like the rest of America. I want to be like Mike. Didn't mind that. Actually said, okay. Okay. I like the plot point that his self-preservation is what kind of kicks it off. Because he goes, he has his conscience. He has this, this, this crisis of conscience. He doesn't follow his orders. The, 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 the military says basically disassemble him, wipe his memory. But part of his programming is self-preservation, so he runs. And I said, okay, all right, fine. I'll go on with that as a plot point. That's that's pretty much the two things. <laughs> Look, we watch these movies. Some things you like, some things you don't like. I like to accentuate the positive when I can. I'm now through with the positive. Okay. As I mentioned, I have a degree of sympathy for Hollywood executives during this period who kept saying, like I said before we started, Mario Van Peebles, like Keenan Ivory Wayans, like you said, you understand the instinct mm -hmm. to put them in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. Good looking guys, put them in front of the camera. I understand the instinct. I also sympathize with Hollywood during this period that much like 
they fumbled and flailed around with Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Could not quite put their finger on what makes Arnold Schwarzenegger Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, I think it is easy to look at Terminator. Mm-hmm. Certainly Terminator. And to a certain degree, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. And say he's a big, stiff guy. Well, hell, how hard could it be mm-hmm. to get a big, stiff guy and have him do big, stiff guy stuff? And you have this. Uh, Kurt Russell had a version of this with oh, yeah. uh, with Soldier. Soldier, yeah. yeah. I think Jean-Claude Van Damme has a version of this movie. Where we just gonna be, we take these dudes, they real stiff, and say they stiff because they're robots. Okay. Because Terminator was a robot. But A, A, the story in Terminator and Terminator 2, these are good stories. First, like just the actual plot of Terminator. The world building of it all. Like Terminator is a great story. Mm-hmm. First of all, B, Arnold Schwarzenegger actually has that it factor. He does. Like, you completely understand why Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, you know, go get, whether we're talking about Conan, like, I'm talking early Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's the perfect one right, right. there, Conan. Like, 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 something about this guy mm-hmm. pulls you in. Mm-hmm. But he, no one is this guy. But this guy. So everyone else that tries to be this guy, you get diminishing returns or terrible returns. Right. I think this this I, I think this is to, to say that this is a by the numbers story is giving by the numbers a, an insult. Yeah. Like this is an embarrassing plot. Yes, it this is. This is an embarrassing. It almost feels like they're, they're making it up as they go it along. It feels like they're making up it up as they go along. There's no way in 1996, because in a lot of ways, it feels like a knockoff 1980s. Thing. It does, right? Like I kept I kept thinking, well, this must be a typo. This can't be 96. Or was this held over? Right, or something this like that. From right, eighty-seven or so. Like, how's this ninety-six? Because it doesn't even look ninety-six. It doesn't look ninety. It looks so cheap. It looks cheap, and not to you know keep kicking this dog. It's boring it's- because the direction is so lackluster. Yes, the scenes go so long. long. Like I kept like like. I was like, I was actually by the end fascinated by how long some of the scenes are. Like he's a robot, and of course, you know, again they they bring in the troop of Hispanic actors to play the the villagers, and of course, one of them is a little boy. Of course, there were scenes with him and the little boy where I, I think the director went and used the bathroom or something <laughs> and just forgot to say cut. Like, I, I believe how long some of the scenes were. So that in my mind, and I've said this before, God knows I always have a um soft spot for a bad movie. Like, even last week in, in show notes, I said, you know, I have a soft spot for a bad movie. You know what I don't like? A boring movie. Yeah. 
Like, this film felt like almost a tax write-off. Like, there's no energy. Wow. There's no real passion for it. Um, I saw an interview with Mario Van Peebles where he said, you, you know, uh, he, he wanted to, he took the role because he thought it might be a stretch form. A stretch form and sort of this emotionally nuanced yeah. character. And and I was like, did he, maybe the script was different that he read because, you know, the whole conceit of him learning jokes and and then he has this weird laugh where he learns how to laugh and but even even if he read it's a, it's almost like someone it's it, you know what it is I just figured out what it is what? it's like we talk about one of our running one of, or at least one of my running jokes Sammy Davis Jr. singing the theme of Shaft but he changes the words and he sounds like he didn't see Shaft like someone told him about Shaft mm-hmm. this seems like someone told a scriptwriter about Commando and Terminator. Terminator and Rambo. And Rambo. And then he went and wrote something up. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's I'm not even gonna say it's a waste. It's it's just Oh, it's a waste. Well, a waste implies that you could have taken these same ingredients and come up with something better. I don't know if these ingredients you could have come up with something better. Okay, well that's fair. Cause you would well, you would have had to Get rid of your main ingredient, right? Which would have been Mary. Because I one hundred percent agree with you. I think Mario Van Peebles as an actor just is not there. And the films that you, you know, even in Posse, like we talked about, I was talking to my wife earlier about Posse and, and kind of defending Posse, where I said, you know, the worst part about Posse is the main character, right? Like you take him out. Mm-hmm. And you've got like this band of outlaws. You've got Blair Underwood is like this black robber baron. And like you got some kind of popping with Posse. As you rightly pointed out, he has maybe three scenes in New Jack City. Yeah. And they're not bad scenes because it's three scenes. Exactly. And then he gets out of the way. Gets out of the way. So, you know, it's, 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 uh, yeah, it was a dirge. It was. it was a dirge, and it's only an hour and a half. I know. It's not long. It just seems so long, and it's just so boring, and yeah. You forgot Empire Strikes Back that they pulled from, like, that whole, let's make the weapons to to kill kill the kill the soldiers that come in. Oh, that's like, right. Like, it was just like, it was just like the Ewoks versus the Empire but without the cannibalism. That's right. I guess it's not cannibalism because the Ewoks weren't eating each other. No. Yeah. They were eating the Empire soldiers. Yeah. So, wait a minute. The Ewoks were eating the Empire You don't remember they, they were, they had the, they had the one soldier on the, on, they, they had him over the cooking, over the fire. Oh, but I don't think they were. Oh, the Ewoks were totally. I don't think they were going to. The Ewoks we're totally going to eat that. I don't think you're ever going to eat him. You pull up the scene. And I, um, what were they doing with him? I think they were making a broth. <laughs> <laughs> so the soldiers were like bay leaf. Yeah, that's all. They were like bay leaf. That's all. They're getting the sweat. Just getting, getting in the drippings. They were making a broth. Yeah. Making a broth. That's all. Interesting. Bad ramen. This is, they just wanted <laughs> the taste. They just wanted the taste. 
face the man. Stay. <laughs> we're actually going to eat him. I don't know if that's better. Because <laughs> then they just throw him. I don't know if that's better. Wasting all that good meat. Because, because again, I am, I'm, 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 I'm always open to a bad film that just embraces its badness. They set it up. You know, there's going like to be a robot. Like you know, it's oh, going yes, to be evil. Yes. So I kept waiting for the evil doppelganger. And like he, I wanted the evil one to be like Mario Van Peebles with like an eye patch or something. Yeah, I thought that it, exactly. You thought it was going to be Mario Van Peebles, right? But here's where the here the where the producers <laughs> they got smart. They realized, hmm, it's time for us to bring in the evil doppelganger. Oh, we've been looking at Mario's dailies. He's not really bringing it as right. one robot, right? Hey, William Sadler. Hey, William Sadler. <laughs> look, look, because William Sadler gonna give it to you. He gonna give me, gonna give it to you. I'm a soldier mercenary in the '90s. <laughs> I can be real sweaty. I can put that little camouflage right. On. And it, you know, I got my hair cut. You know the funny thing is though, before I watched that, I had just watched William Sadler. He's in Armageddon. Playing like a military guy? No, Armageddon, he plays one of like um, Bruce Willis's boys. Like he's a good guy oh, there. Okay. So it was weird Nerd. to see him like, like he, but he basically the same like sidekick type yeah, of yeah, guy, yeah. but he's just on the side of the angels. Yeah. And then here he's got the war paint on. I was like, he's cracking his neck because he's evil. <laughs> you know the other thing about <laughs> William Sadler's character and when they did make their android out of him, he was actually right all along. When he said, "What he liked this whole android warrior thing," because oh, that's disrespectful right. to the fighting men. Yes, and I think in his heart he knew that they were going to use him to replace real soldiers. And then, lo, lo and behold, they made one in his image. And then when he came and he killed the real William Sadler, actually said, "This thirty seconds is the most interesting this film has been. This is the movie. Like this right here. This sort of this this sort of moral." Debate. Mm-hmm. This is what I could have watched. I mean, debate's a little strong. I mean, it's, it's, it's 10 seconds. Lynn, look, look, Lynn, <laughs> look, look. Look, at this point, I have watched Mario Van Peebles playing with the little Hispanic boy for, I believe, six months. I can't believe that at this point, we have seen, you know, we've probably seen more Mario Van Peebles movies than a whole lot of the other actors on this mission so far. Yeah, I think we've seen like we've seen what maybe this is our fourth Mario. This Van is Peoples our fourth movie. Mario Van Peebles movie. I don't think we've seen four Martin Lawrence movies yet. I don't think we've seen two Martin Lawrence movies yet. Like one of his solo joints. Well, we yeah. Oh no, yeah, definitely not. Yeah, never, definitely not his solo joint. And he yeah. and he's got like a whole like, right, right, uh, right. Yeah, because it's really just bad boys and. Thin line between love and hate and life, and life. Yeah, yeah. But we've got four Mario. Well, you know, well what? at least two of them have been in May. I, I think we did. That, I think we did rapping in May too. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah. This is because he's got a month all to himself. He got a month. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So ask me the question. Ask you the question. Would you 
recommend solo? It's such a weird. Hell no. It's such a weird question in men. No. It's such a weird no, question. No, no, it's not a weird question. Because there have been some that we have reluctantly um, said, True. hey, you could watch like if at the cookout. True. Or for or it's a curiosity piece. True. Something like that. I actually said that about Expect No Mercy. I did. You know, I wasn't going to. I did. I wasn't going to do that. I did. I Look, I stay above our reviews. Okay, well. I would not recommend Solo. No. No, no, no. I would not recommend Solo. Um, it's it's funny. You you were talking about Jean-Claude Van Damme. And, and I always feel like, like, who do you think was more popular between Jean-Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal? More popular? Like, right, more successful. More, more successful, more... I think John Claude Van Damme was a, a, like a, a. Do you? Okay, because Steven Seagal was in movies like he was in movie movies. Well, see, made John executive Cl- decision and like like John Claude Van Damme was in movie movies. Did he ever do anything bigger than Time Cop? I mean, I think I mean, I think that see, I think that John Claude Van Damme was. I think the world would consider him more successful. If you wanted to look at their movies, maybe especially also based on budgets, yeah, which was more, more, um, yeah, I feel like more successful. Was more of a studio he, guy. He may have been more successful based on like his, but his movies didn't have like a super large budget. So then, like you, you know, if it's only like six million dollars and it makes thirty, forty million dollars, and it's a huge, huge success. I think that um, John Claude Van Damme's movies, I think they obviously actually probably had a little bit more of a budget because because he's a better fighter than Steven Seagal, which meant that he had to be fighting people that were closer to his level in his in his movies. Um I w- I want to say that I want to say that John Claude Van Damme well, I think it's obvious that overall he had the better career. The one that's looked on at least with more prominence in it than Steven Seagal. I think his aged better than Steven Seagal's career. And I also think that Steven Seagal quickly um becomes like like uh Prasada non grata in Hollywood and people are like Right, right. But I mean that was after the nineties. Like I think he did our I think he was all through all through the nineties he did his thing. But I don't know. Yeah. Like, I always think of Jean-Claude Van Damme as someone who never quite cracked that Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone action hero. Well, nobody cracked that. Well, I think Steven Seagal came closer than Jean-Claude. Like, Jean-Claude Van Damme, I always thought, was really the top of that kind of genre food chain but never really crossed over into pop i don't know i'm looking i'm looking at his movies right now um he became a popular action film star with cyborg in 89 kickboxer right and that's his version of this cyborg uh lionheart i don't even remember death warrant double impact universal soldier nowhere to run universal hard target version time cop street fighter sudden death the quest and then um, Bloodsport, Maximum Risk. Bloodsport was 88. That, well, that, okay. That's the movie that, that kicked him off. So I think he did. I think, I mean, those are all 
hugely uh, successful successful films for the most part. Um, now let's go to what's the man's name? Steven Seagal. Because I think Steven Seagal quickly becomes out of favor. Actually, yeah, I think that's been in the past fifteen years with Steven Seagal. Like I think the nineties, he was doing his thing. Let's see. Let's see, Vincent. We're going to Steven Seagal. I've got him up his filmography. He kicks off, he starts things off in Above the Law in yep. 88. So they start around the same time. Right. Yeah, oh yeah. Then he has Hard to Kill, mm -hmm. Mark for Death, mm -hmm. Out for Justice, Under Siege, which I think is actually, the, that may be the movie I was thinking about. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, that's not the movie I was thinking about. Um, no, Under Siege was a big movie. Yeah, it was a big movie. On Deadly Ground, yeah, Under Siege 2. Yeah, the, the siege in under <laughs> Dark Territory. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, executive Decision. Yeah, come on. Under Siege and Executive Decision were bigger than anything that Jean-Claude Van Damme was in. And then The Glimmer Man. I think the, I think the, the, the Glimmer Man is when the, the, the plume comes off the rose. What's after Glimmer Man? After Glimmer Man, he's got Fire Down Below, which, oh, God, is, is horrible. Um, My Giant, The Patriot, Prince of Central Park, Exit Wounds, which is garbage. And then he's, it, it's, it's, that's when he starts doing a whole bunch of dumb stuff. Exit yeah. Wounds, Half Past. I mean, he's doing movies. Yeah. And he, it, um, so yes, is he doing movies? Does he, is his career longer? Yes. And I, I had forgotten about how successful Under Siege was. Mm -hmm. That was successful. Executive Decision was a, a a big movie. Right, but he's not. He's in 15 minutes of it. Yeah. It's a Kurt Russell movie. Yeah. Um, I really like Jean-Claude Jean Van Damme. And I always, I always thought he had charisma. Now, apparently a lot of that charisma in the early movies is he was coked out of his mind. Yes. Yes. You know, he was initially supposed to play Predator. He's supposed to be the Predator. Really? I that was him under the outfit initially. Really? And then some stuff happened. Why would they want him as the Predator? It's not like the Predator was doing anything. I, mean, I mean, it was early. Yeah. Fighting. I mean, I'm sure he would have. If, if, I guess if, if he was going to be it, then they probably yeah. would have. Yeah. Oh, that would have been a totally different movie. Yeah. So that would have been him against um, Arnold. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that would have been interesting. And I also don't think we give enough credit, speaking of Predator, because like whether we're talking about Predator, we just talked about the Terminator films. Um, you, you know, I would even say like even Commando and um, I just forgot my Mars movie. Oh, um, uh, it's um, what's the Mars movie? Arnold Schwarzenegger. They did the remake, T, Total Recall. Total Recall. And um, The Running Man. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger picks good scripts mm -hmm. more often than not. Yeah. In the 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Last Action Hero. Last Action Hero is, is a, a fun movie. Right, which, which it wasn't the spoof that they wanted it to be. But what they came up with was still, this is good, solid stuff. Hey, you didn't even do the what's the the one with um Jamie Lee Curtis? True Lies. True Lies. Yeah. Yeah. I I I think excellent. I think 
appropriately enough because we're in the midst of the writer's strike. I don't think execs who were trying to make these knockoff Arnold Schwarzenegger films gave enough credit to the scripts in the success of the Arnold Schwarzenegger films. No, yeah, I, like, I these agree. These were good, solid scripts. Like, every, we just named damn near 10 movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the scripts are banging. Yeah, and, and I think, but what they, they missed the mark with the scripts, but what they were seeing was Sylvester Stallone kind of like nipping at Arnold's um, uh, feet, nipping at his ankles, but his movies weren't as well written, but Sylvester Stallone had the it factor. Right. That got them got right. them over. Right. You know? Uh, and Wesley Snipes, his movies weren't necessarily as well written either. But he's another one. But, but Wesley Snipes, I think more so than the two of them, tried to do a little bit of both. Right. I mean, you know, he, would, he, right. he wanted to act as well. For all the Sylvester Stallone, his, like, once you leave Rambo and Rocky, which is a huge thing. Like, you know, like he had these two, yeah, he's got those, these two franchise. iconic franchises. Mm. What, what do you really have with his career? Yeah. I, you know, I was actually thinking about like, what's the big non Rocky Rambo Sylvester Stallone film that people still talk about? Well, I would say over the top where he was a professional arm wrestler. It's not over the top. I, where he was a professional arm wrestler? It's not, it's not over the top. Where he's a professional arm wrestler? <laughs> it's Cliffhanger, where he's a professional um, mountain like guy. That's actually a fun movie. Is it? It, it? When's the last time you've seen it? The, the first time I saw it. The only time I saw it. It's, like it's when a it came fun out. movie. Yeah. It's a fun movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll take over the top over Cliffhanger. Oh, no, you won't. Oh, yes, I no, will. No, you won't. Because... <laughs> He's a professional armor <laughs> who's trying to forge a relationship with his, with his son. Yes. No. Who he's divorced and they're, and they're truck drivers. Going to underground Under arm wrestling. Underground <laughs> black market <laughs> arm wrestling. You won't take that over Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger is a good movie. I will take over the top over a surprising amount of films. Because he's a professional arm wrestler. No, that's obviously with one with your bourbon in your hand. That's the only way you're getting through over the top. The only way you're getting through over the top. Oh my god! All right, let's get out of here. Um, you didn't ask me. You said it. You said Did you I? Went, yes. All right. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> We're not going back. I wouldn't. It's only forward. You didn't ask me. <laughs> oh boy. Before we tell you what we're gonna be watching next week. Cause they had like they had like the little joint joints. And like you held it, you held the, the thing with your left hand. And then you did this. And then there were rules. He was a professional arm wrestler. You know, you've brought that movie up one too many times, and it finally clicked with uh, with uh, our friend of the show, Arielle Johnson. She called me one night. She was like, "Okay, what the hell is that with Over the Top?" Over the she top. had finally watched it. 
Don't do it to yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Before the we, year was 1987. Just got to keep moving. Before we can tell you what's so what we're watching next week here on the Michelle Mission, ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to check us out. Check out the website, themichellemission.com, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made, where you can hit swag and check out all of the cool designs we have by way of our good friends at T Public. You can follow the Michelle Mission on the social media of your choice Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it don't matter. It's at Michelle Mission. We there, baby. You can join the Facebook group and become one with the conversation with us and all of our missionaries as we have fun talking about all of the fun TV and movie news and gossip. Missionaries love gossip. The things that go on uh, about the world, we get it in in the Facebook group. Subscribe to the Michelle Mission on YouTube where our show goes on live every Tuesday night. And then we also have short videos that go out there. We just uh, uploaded our They Should Be Legends series one through five for everyone to check out. Have good conversations are being had on those videos. We've got more videos. We're going to have some Six Degrees of Derville up there and even maybe some special videos coming your way so subscribe to the michelle mission on youtube because we're about to do big things there okay all right um and also don't forget if you like podcasts wherever you check out podcasts check out the class of 1989 our six series six episode series dedication to six black films that came out in 1989 that changed the culture forever and the whole the whole thing is is there it's all there it's all there so you can listen to it in in its entirety yes and, and tell us what you thought mm-hmm. and if you want to tell us what you thought you can email us send an email to michelle mission at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail 215-867-9666 215-867-9666 and tell us what's on your mind i said it was going to be this week but next week there's going to be a question for you that we want to be putting out on Twitter for everyone to send us a little voicemail. You know what? I'll put it on a Facebook group because that's where our family are. So we'll put it on a Facebook group for people to leave us a voicemail and answer questions here on air. Won't Dylan like trying to figure that out? Hey, got to keep him on his toes. That's what we do here. All right. And don't forget, the Show Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work even ours, which streams live from the video content factory here in Manny Young, Philadelphia's premier podcast palace. Mm-hmm. You can't see it, but the rest of the room is gold. All right. Next week. Yes, sir. Here on the Michelle Mission, it's Vincent's turn. Week three. I guess it's not penultimate because we have a fifth week. Yeah, we do have a fifth week. But yes, third, which we'll be announcing next week with a very special yeah, guest. Yeah, third week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And boy. Oh, yeah. You thought Vincent could not dig any lower in the crates. Oh, I got something for you. Oh, I got something mm-hmm. for y'all mm-hmm. next week. Yes, he does. And this this is a favorite of the Michelle Mission. It's Whoopi Goldberg, ladies and gentlemen. Goldberg, as you've never seen her. In the movie that is probably... Number one on her on her resume. <laughs> you know what? It's probably the view and then this, right? I think Whoopi 
Goldberg might actually fight you about this. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think you should actually bring this up in front of her. Really? Oh, we'll talk about this next week. Oh, boy. Yeah, you know Whoopi Goldberg got real strong feelings about this. Dutch, I, I know nothing about this. <laughs> I know nothing. About, I've never seen this movie. <laughs> I know nothing. I've never read anything about this movie. <laughs> I, 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 I actually thought this, this movie was a joke every time I would hear about oh, it. Oh, Lynn, my sweet summer child. <laughs> You are in for quite the roller coaster ride then. Oh my goodness. All right. I see Sean Simmons in the in the chat already calling it out. Oh Lord, not the dinosaur movie. Oh Lord, yes, the dinosaur yes. movie. Theodore Rex. Theodore Rex from 1995. Theodore Rex. Next week here on the Michelle Mission, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, he's Vincent. I'm Len. And in parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. The Michelle Mission is produced by Len Webb and Vincent Williams and edited by Len Webb with co-production by Mo Poplar, music by Alexa Gold, and filmed at the Video Content Factory. The Michelle Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network.